0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora Sam toku My name's Sam, and I'm the Mayor of Selwyn District. People from all over Aotearoa, New Zealand, and the world have chosen to call Waikirikiri Selwyn their home. From the first settlers around Te Wohora, Lake Ellesmere, over 700 years ago, followed by the first wave of Pakeha settlers in the mid-1800s, to the newcomers of today. Each person, each face, each voice has a new story to tell. By listening to the Faces of Selwyn podcast, you'll hear the voices and stories behind these faces and celebrate with us the diversity of our district, New Zealand's fastest growing region. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Kia ora Koto. Hello, everyone. No mai I. Welcome to the Faces of Someone podcast. My name is Hayley Tate, and today I am here with Maria Mendoza. And Kia ora. we were gonna have Reese on with us in this podcast, but unfortunately he can't make it today. But we might be able to hear about his story at another time. Uh, so, Maria, what's hello in your national language?
1: Ah, uh, you can say hola or Buenos dias. So that's Spanish. Yep, that's Spanish.
0: Awesome. Uh, now I'd love to share, I'd love for you to share a bit about yourself, your family, where you were born and your journey to Selwyn, including the year you arrived and where you came
1: from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was born in a small town called Irapuato in Mexico. Um, so I was born in 2001. Uh, my parents came from, you know, different states and they met in uni, so that's where I was born. But. Um, because my parents, um, you know, their work is in the uni, um, they had a lot of work opportunities and conferences, so we travelled around quite a bit, um, yeah, so both my parents, um, well, were research officers, um, they're doing microbiology, so with that they took themselves and me to Germany, um, so we stayed there for about four years. I uh, learned a lot, became fluent in German. Hmm. Turns out that um, when I was in preschool, like my teachers would say that I was pretty much just a little German kid, but brown. And I always <laughs> thought, I was, I thought that was crack up Bay. Eh? But um, yeah, unfortunately, when I arrived here, um, you know, I was still young. I would have been seven years old. And I didn't understand the importance of keeping the language up and sort of just, you know, talking it, watching stuff in German. So I lost it. Um, Unfortunately, I have a little bit. I can say, like, guten tag, and that's probably about it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so we arrived in Aotearoa in 2009. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into because my parents sort of just told me one day, like, hey, Maria, you know, we're moving. And I was like, oh, okay, we're two. And then they showed me, we had several maps around the house, so they pulled out one of the maps and they pointed to an island which was in the middle of nowhere, never heard of it, like I was, you know, only seven at that time. And I was like, okay, me. <laughs> so, yeah, and I remember seeing like a Māori, um I think carving on the map to sort of, you know, mm. show culture. And I was like, okay. And I sort of just had that in the back of my mind mm. when you came here. But yeah, Lincoln was a, small wee town um we still had a was it four square um there was barely any traffic on Gerald Street so yeah it was interesting to see the development. Mm, it's changed quite a bit now
0: hasn't it? Oh absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah you can barely cross Gerald Street without getting run over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so what was your experience like when you first moved to Lincoln um and how did your family settle in Salwyn?
1: Yeah um That's a good question. When we first arrived, I I didn't know what to expect um, because Germany, I feel like there were so many people and, you know, because it was in Europe, you have more collaboration and, you know, technology was really up to date. Um, So it just felt a bit more modern and especially coming here during those, you know, pre-earthquakes in Lincoln, it was a very rural town. You know, when we did pull up, the first thing we did was pull up to the Foursquare to get some groceries, and I just felt like, we're there, (laughs) like we're can't we? You know. (laughs) Um, But it was cool because it was a really, um, really educational experience for me, um, being able to have that experience in Germany, but then also, you know, rural Salwin at that time and watching it grow. So yeah, it, it was a bit for me to grass because, you know, you get there and there's not as much diversity in Germany. You yeah, I had lots of friends who have, you know, refugees from Afghanistan or um, just people from all over Europe. So yeah, it was definitely some, but um Not as I, many as you experience in Germany. Yeah, there were there weren't as many cultures to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um it did feel very monocultural but it was a good insight for me into mm. um, rural New Zealand and, yeah, I got mm. to meet some great people, so. Cool.
0: Um, and so why did your family choose to live in Salwyn or move to New Zealand?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the plan was always um, to move back to Mexico. But I think it was around 2006 that... Um, President at the time in Mexico declared the war on drugs. And, of course, I had no idea what was going on, you Mm. know, being a a kid at that time. But looking back on it now, my parents um, would tell me that that was quite a big influence because especially uh, in Irapuato, where I was born and pretty much all I knew, apart from, you know, maybe visiting family elsewhere, um, gang violence had escalated quite a bit there. And people were just telling them not to come back if they couldn't. Like, if they had the chance to go somewhere else, it would have been safer. And it was really hard for my parents because, A, that wasn't part of the plan, and, B, that was where all their support systems were. Um, And, you know, like, being in Germany, because there's more cultures there, I feel like people were more accepting and more tolerant and open-minded. Um, so, they weren't quite ready for moving to New Zealand. I feel none of us were, but it was, you know, worth it in the end. And things are changing, so mm. especially rapidly now after the earthquakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you've seen there's more cultures in Selwyn now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even during my time in high school, my year, we're beginning to become more cultural like different people from different backgrounds. But even now that I'm out of high school and um my, my girlfriend at the moment, she's still in high school and she she tells me about how, you know, now the year nines and the year tens coming through are looking much more um diverse. <laughs> which is this is mean because it's opening up new conversations at the high school and
0: mm.
1: yeah. Anyway. So <laughs>
0: what was your experience as a young migrant in Salwan?
1: Yeah, um in the beginning It's a lot of hindsight, I think, because at the time I didn't really know what was going on if I'm going to be completely uh, honest about my experience because I felt like I didn't fit in. Um, You know, I I thought I was being nice and, of course, there was language barriers as well. Um, And, yeah, sometimes I guess some kids were a bit apprehensive to get to know me and at the time I didn't know why. I just thought, oh, I can't, I didn't speak English or maybe they just don't like my personality or whatever. Um, but, you know, they're kids. They just go off what their parents hear and some, mm-hmm. you know, seeing someone who doesn't look like what you're used to, I guess, especially as a kid is,
0: yeah, you know. Something hard to get their mind around, I yeah, suppose. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, yeah, and myself, I didn't get my mind around it till um, one of my peers vocalised it probably when I was year five year six uh, I was trying to play with them because you know this new girl came and she had made friends with a lot of my friends want to hang out with them and she just told me straight up she's like oh Maria you can't play with us because you're brown and <sighs> at the time I didn't know what that meant I was just like oh that's a new one <laughs> I haven't <laughs> heard that one before mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay <laughs> so I just you know went off to the playground and just started hanging out there but um yeah, that was sort of my introduction to discrimination, uh, which, you know, I guess compared to other forms that I could have gotten was pretty mild, but, mm. yeah, it was, a, it was a new concept for me, so. Mm. Has it got better over time?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, yeah, sorry, just getting my thoughts together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it gave me a lot of space to reflect because... I think that a lot of my peers were able just to go through their – just through their lives without really questioning who they are. They just are themselves, and you're accepted or you're not by friends who you get along with, mm. um, people you vibe with. But for me, it was very much figuring out, oh, I thought, you know, we could have been friends, but why aren't we? Um, And then having to – for me, I remember um, – searching up, like, how to be likeable and stuff when I was probably only, like, 9 or 10 because I I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, And that sort of just started me on a journey of self-reflection and self-growth. And as tough as it was, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm, Um, If it wasn't for that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder who I could have been without all the hardship of that. But I guess... Never know, so I'll just work with what I have, and Mm. yeah. So it led me to have yeah, uh, great self awareness, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: Mm. It's very cool. Um, so, uh, what do you like about living in Selwyn?
1: I love Selwyn, like Lincoln in particular. um, Just because you know we have the Liffey, and you just have greenery all around you, and just that small community vibe. Um. Yeah, I mean, again, I would love to see more diversity and more acceptance, uh, which I think is getting there, you know. You don't get as many comments, you know, just on the street for whatever. But, mm. yeah, I, just, I love it. I think it's real. It's a real nice place to live, so, mm. yeah.
0: And are you involved in the Celen community?
1: Um, At the moment, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I had my time on the youth council. yeah for two years and then just throughout high school getting involved and what is it with the um, Envirotown as well a little bit for oh, a yeah. wee time. Because you um,
0: received a Totoro Award this year, was that right? Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, so that was just my involvement with the Youth Council, um, also throughout high school, leadership opportunities. And I was on the Youth uh, Ropu Sorry, my girlfriend always tells me pronounce it correctly. <laughs> or oh, Ropu, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the you can Youth Ropu um as a member of the mid, like mid country um representative. Sorry. So yeah, I was a member of that for a while. Mm. Um, I've had to step down now. Just life gets busy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> what yeah. sort of stuff were you doing in that group? Yeah. So it was. Mainly setting up the foundation because we, I was in the first intake. So, um, yeah, we had to lay down all the codes of conduct and everything. But we started getting into more youth engagement Mm -hmm. uh, because at the end of the day, our role was to connect the young people of our communities with the decision makers at ECAN. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, I didn't get to do a lot of it. As much as I would liked, would have liked, sorry, but I went into high school um, once for a wee survey for their long term plan and you know just general admin stuff. But
0: mm.
1: yeah, it's it's exciting work. Mm. Um, that I was look.
0: that was cool that you were involved with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, just thought it was exciting and that it fit me, so mm. it was it was a good time. Like, don't get me wrong um I enjoyed my time there but yeah I think it was time for me to move on
0: fair enough <laughs>
1: um
0: and so that's how you earned the Totoro Award from Lincoln Rotary for yeah just my
1: yeah different different roles different volunteering um opportunities I've been a part of mm. yeah. yeah yeah
0: um and so and you enjoyed all that work
1: yeah of course um Another, I remember, yeah, there was that. And I got a few, just so I don't forget, because Lincoln Rotary, they sponsored me to go overseas. They sponsored me to go to Auckland Mm. uh, for the National Youth Science and Technology Forum. And then I was lucky enough to then get another scholarship to go to London Mm. um, for the London, I think, International Youth Science Forum, it's called. Mm. So that was an awesome opportunity, again, that Rotary gave me, so... Yeah, there was that, and I got to go on a trip with the UN, um, uh, which awesome. I think they, yeah, they gave me a bit of sponsor sponsorship money as well. So, shout out to Lincoln Rotary. Uh, thank you for that. Very um, mm. much appreciated. And it was awesome, amazing opportunity mm. just before COVID. Ooh, right oh, in time. Got yeah. it in time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. And um, so, can you talk a bit about? Of- to us about your gender identity and sexuality and your experience of, with that growing up
1: in Samhain? Yeah, absolutely. If you're happy to. <laughs> yeah, of course. This is something that I've only recently, or over the past couple of months, I've really been thinking about. In terms of gender, sexuality has been a ongoing, <laughs> ongoing journey for a few years. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it was a bit tricky to begin with because... Coming from Mexico and Catholicism being the primary religion and a major influence in day-to-day life, I got, you know, fed homophobia here and there throughout my life. And I <laughs> I guess I, I internalized that a lot and it was probably peaked around year seven, year eight. I myself held a lot of homophobic beliefs and would say stuff, quietly in a background or to my parents and you know that's the thing that I think we still have to work on people still think it's okay to say things in the comfort of your home like yeah thank you for not saying stuff to our faces but like come on just because I mention it because I've been talking to mates who you know say like oh yeah my parents they won't say anything to you in your face but they'll complain as much as they want when they get home mm. So there's, there's still a bit of work to do, but, mm. yeah, um, yeah. so that was the main reason. Like, I didn't come out throughout high school. I was a very uh, – I gave off a lot of masculine energy, and I understand that now, again, hindsight. But at the time, I didn't realize what it meant. I just knew that I felt different, and people would always question my gender. Um, people would always tell, like, especially my mom when I was younger – she wanted me to wear dresses and real, like, feminine stuff, and I just wasn't into it. Like, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like me. And I remember just wearing, like, a white linen shirt and I was just, like, in some shorts. I felt so badass. Like, I, <laughs> I felt, like, on top of the world. Um, that was more comfortable for you yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, gender identity is just how you choose to express yourself,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that has nothing to do with biological sex or... Um, what other people's perception of you are because at the end of the day only you know you so that was big for me mm-hmm. first you know coming out um, I first came out as bi probably about a year a year maybe just over a year now mm-hmm. that was hard because you know I I thought that I would get this disowned by my parents and they're the only family I had here uh, which was quite stressful and just hearing what my classmates and my peers had to say about queer people. I already struggled so much myself, like in my journey with racism and trying mm-hmm. to fit in and I felt like adding this onto it, it would just be too much. You know, I only just gone to a place where I felt like people accepted me. Mm-hmm. And that was probably even conditional because, you know, I, I try to be as nice as I could to, to them and be a people pleaser. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't after I left high school, which I think in general is a toxic environment for people, just because that development stage and everyone's just trying to fit in. Mm. Um, Once I left that and I got to do a little, well, a lot of self-reflection, I realised that my attraction to men, at least at the time I thought, um, was very much just trying to get validation, I think often in society, not just women or um, non-binary people or whoever, men. Well, I guess, yeah, everyone just has this, it's a patriarchy, right? Like, not to get too political, but it's just that idea of pleasing the male view, um, which is, you know, fortunately enough, people becoming more aware of it and because it doesn't just harm, you know, female-presenting people. It harms everyone. Um, we can see this in the mental health stats with men and, you know, mm. and it affects everyone. So, yeah. yeah, once I broke out of that, I could just express myself freely as I want,
0: mm.
1: not caring about what other people think or their validation. Mm. So you find that it's got easier? So oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So now I identify as non-binary because that's just how I am. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell people. I... People tell me I'm not woman enough, and I'm like, okay, yeah, fair. And then people are like, oh, but you're not a man. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not a trans man. Like, you're right. But I do have that masculine energy to me, and nowadays I don't mind what pronoun you call me. um, I've come to that conclusion, and in terms of sexuality, it was, yeah. I thought I was completely gay for a while. Um, (laughs) You know, I have a girlfriend now, but... I think after doing a lot of reflection, yeah, there's a bit of pain as well. But, like, unfortunately, yeah, men, there are a lot of good, good men out there. But, um, yeah, I just hope that there, we as a society, as a community, are able to accept our young men and young people and everyone, no matter what their sexuality, gender, or what they're like, because I feel like I have a lot of maids who repress who they are mm. just to fit in. So.
0: Yeah, but it's great that you can embrace, you know, who you are, like your race and also yeah. your gender identity and your sexuality. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh. Yeah, but it sounds like you've come a long way in your journey oh, with absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And just by coming on here, you know, talking about it, that's oh, coming for a long sure. way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I never would have imagined that I'd <laughs> be doing this. But no, thank you, Hayley, for the no opportunity. You're very brave. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, we'll see what
0: happens after this. Uh,
1: but yeah. Mm.
0: Um, so I think we have about three minutes left. Oh, damn. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it's gone by fast. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I talk a lot.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> your talking's great. Um, yeah. So is there anything
1: else you'd like to say? Um, Mm. My biggest thing would be that I hope as a community in Selwyn, you know, historically, I think we've been a bit more on the conservative side and it's great to see that um, we're progressing. But, yeah, I just love to see Selwyn become a place where we embrace everyone um, however they want to be embraced. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, we don't push our insecurities onto other people. And we just, yeah, have some time to reflect. It's all right to be wrong. I'm here because I have been wrong many, many, many times. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes. And the only way that we grow and I think we enjoy our time just here on, you know, in the life that we've been given is by growing and, yeah, putting our ego to the side and just being open-minded. Mm. but yeah I know it's probably quite a bit for some people still to grasp you know oh there are only two genders so it's like mm. if so many people are telling you something then I'm sure it won't only benefit them it'll benefit you as well if you open your mind up and learn because there's no point in getting yourself upset about something that is just what it is it's mm. just life so yeah but yeah that's all I have to say but yeah can't wait to see how Selwyn grows and
0: yeah what it evolves to be mm. um so thank you for your time today Maria I really enjoyed learning about your journey to Selwyn Yeah, and thank about you. your experiences here no thank you Hayley <laughs> I hope I didn't ramble too much no I, I get
1: into us. year zone and I just go but I mean, yeah. that's
0: great. It's better than
1: being speechless, I guess. And, True. you know,
0: we've learned a lot about you today. <laughs> oh,
1: thanks, Ava. Yeah, you' going to see how this turns out, eh? But <laughs> no, thank you for having me. No
0: worries. Um, now, my last question for you is how do you say goodbye or fare, farewell
1: in your national language? Uh, we say adios, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in Spanish say ciao as well. So adios, chao. Um, yeah, glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Ciao. All right. Um... That was Faces of Selwyn, the last episode in this podcast for this year. Um, I want to thank everyone who has listened in. Um, It's been great to share all these stories with you. Uh, Yeah, so I hope everyone has a great day. Kia pai te ra.
1: Kia ora.